You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt. Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt. I'd like to begin here today by calling out to the helping spirits to be with us. So I call out to my own ancestral helping spirits. I call out to your ancestral helping spirits. I call out to these people all the way back across all the continents to the first men and the first women. I call out to all of those who lived well and died well and bring all that is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral lines to us. I call out to those who carry this legacy and ask them to be with us in a way that we can access that legacy and use it to learn from those who have gone before us. Let us lean into that energy to feel it behind us, supporting us, helping us to have the courage to try something new, to think about things in a new way, and to also have the discipline and the memory to remember those things that are necessary to keep human beings grounded and aligned and focused in a way that is good for all living things. So I ask our ancestral helping spirits to be with us in this way and to help us in the projects of this day. And I reach out through those human ancestors to those ancestors that were here long before there was ever a human. And I call out to the non-human ancestors in the physical world around us. I call out to all of life, all of that great dreaming. And I ask those energies to help us to remember our own true nature. To remember the things that abide in life. Those things that do go with you when you die. And help us to focus on things that are much more eternal that have much greater value in their connection to the real energies here and to not be so distracted by the sparkly things. And we ask that these ancestral helping spirits help us to remember who we are in the great web of life, what we bring that is unique to life itself, and to support us in offering it in a big way, to being magnificent in our humanity, and to do it in a way that we are a beloved part of the great family of life here on earth. And may these helping spirits help us, the living, meet the challenges of our time in a way that we do what is necessary, what is good and what is right for those who are coming. And with the ancestral energies gathering around us, let us gather ourselves, drawing ourselves from wherever it is we might be in this moment into our heads, from our heads to our hearts, our hearts down to our bellies, and from our bellies, let us touch down to the earth. Take a moment, take a nice deep breath, and give gratitude for this day. Gratitude for life itself and all that the day has in store for you, all that has been on your life's path that has brought you to this moment, and all that is unfolding from this moment. May we step into those possibilities with great courage of heart, warriorship, leadership, and enormous love for all life. We give gratitude to the earth for this dreaming that brought life as we experience it to the face of this planet, and we give gratitude for the simple awe in the miracle of life itself and with that flowing in our hearts and that wonder in our mind let us send our energy down through all the layers of the earth moving down and down letting our gratitude flow out layer after layer after layer as we imagine our energy reaching to the very center of the earth anchoring ourselves firmly there and connecting into those energies that rejuvenate that restore that replenish and renew to those energies that are before everything else that is the abundance that supports life on earth, to that energy that is not yet a thing but is all things. And let us surrender ourselves deeply into this energy that is dark and still and silent and not yet. And to draw that energy up into our day, into our life, into our belly, 
into our heart and into our mind. We draw this earth energy up and we ask this energy to help us to understand how to be deeply grounded. To be able to be in our body, to know where we stand here on earth, what we stand for and to build our life on that, that which has true heart and meaning in our life. Build our sense of home and belonging and place and community on those things that are truly valuable to us, not just habits, not just what we have been told, but what we have found to be true with our life. Let us build our sense of family on that. And let us do it in a way that is always open for that which is other than who we are, that we might be provoked, irritated, and inspired into becoming more than we are in this moment, to truly becoming the men and the women that we have come here to be. And through this, may we come to understand how to be in better relationship with all the aspects of our inner self, better relationship with people around us, with the environment around us, and with the invisible world, better relationship with our own helping spirits. And as we come to understand all these relationships, the dependence, the interdependence, all of the many ways that things come together, let us come to have a sense of the great web of life and all of its marvelous complexity. And may we know our place in that great web. And from this sense of ourself and right relationship with ourself, let's send our energy up, drawing the earth energy up through the sky and whatever weather it holds for you on this day, up and out through the atmosphere, out through the cosmos, all the way past all the heavenly bodies, all the radiant energies from above, reaching to the highest power of the universe by whatever way you know that energy, to know it, to believe in it. And to know that it believes in you. To see yourself in it and it in you. And to know there is no separation. That you are one with this energy. Reach into it and draw this energy down. Into yourself, into your day, into these proceedings. We call in this energy of profound blessing. And let yourself be infused by the blessings that are available all around as we draw this energy in. That we open and allow the radiant energies in as the plants bring in the energy of the sun. That it is the nature of things. It is not an effort. It is an allowing. And so we draw in the energies from above. We draw in protection, devotion, commitment. We call in all the wisdom of the cosmos, the benevolence of this universe that we are in. We call down the energies that inspire and illuminate the way. We call all of these energies in. We draw them down into our head, from our head to our heart, our heart to our belly. We send it down to the center of the earth. And in this way, we take a moment to experience this great column of light that moves within us. Heaven to earth and earth to heaven. Gold and silver light filling within us, enlivening our center core. And being this place of union of these two great legendary energies and the enormous big love that is the wholeness of who they are together. And may that big love awaken the spirit of our own hearts. May the heart come alive, the crucible of transformation fire up and open up that place in our heart where the deep, deep longings, desires, and passions for why we are here rises up to the heart. And we call down the kind of clarity and thinking that comes from the mind and we let these two energies dance and come together in a dynamic tension in our heart. And give birth in that place to a third and most sacred thing, which is some sense, some memory, some understanding of why you are here. And may we find in that very same human heart the courage that we need to do something in this day, large or small, to manifest that gift that we are here to bring to the world. And I give great gratitude for all the energies that are around us that support each and every one of us in those efforts, whether we know it or not, whether we call on it or not, whether we believe in it or not, it believes in us. And I give great, great gratitude for all of that help. May what needs to be said be said here today. And may what needs to be heard be heard. And may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. So I also want to give thanks to a bunch of, a handful of wonderful living things. So I give thanks to Kelly and Lisa and John, to Dunya, to Malama, Sherwood and Lynn, and all of the people that have been willing and able to donate to the show financially. 
Why Shamanism Now is listener-supported. For those of you that are listening for the first time, this means that the only reason the show is still live and uh, available to us out in the land of the internet is because beautiful people like you have been willing to donate to help me to pay for the bills that make that happen. And if this show is meaningful to you in any way, if it moves you, if it makes you think, if it frustrates you, if it irritates you, if it moves you in any way in your heart, know that you have been moved. And please do that most shamanic of actions, that which is at the core of living shamanically, which is allowing the things that move us in the heart to motivate our actions in the world. And please do something, large or small, to support the show. Um, if you would like to donate, you can go to whyshamanismnow.com, click the support button and scroll down, and you can donate any amount, large or small. It's all, um, we appreciate all of it. It all goes directly to keeping the show on the air. And please feel free to share, to discuss, to engage in the contents of the show in that wonderful um, land of uh, internet media and any of the other things that actually bring these ideas alive and make them real in your life, bringing them into your journey circles, into your own, perhaps you have a solo shamanic practice, into your own um, efforts to be a shamanic person in a contemporary world and send in your questions, send in your show ideas, Um, help me to keep the show relevant and vital. For contemporary people who are doing our best to find this practical application of shamanic skills in our life. So I want to thank all of you that helped me in all the many ways, large and small, to make that real in the world. Um, And I want to remind you all that not a week goes by that there isn't someone who emails from somewhere in the world that says, thank you for the show. And thank you for the fact that it's free because right now my life really sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry I can't donate. And will you please thank those people who do because they are making this available to me and I am using it to change my life. So thank you, all of you. We are live today. If you have any questions about today's topic, which is abandonment, presence, and the spiral path. So if you have, if you have any questions about that as we go through the day, you're welcome to call in at 512 512- Seven seven two one nine three eight. You can Skype in from the co-creatornetwork.com site. Um, and you can also email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org. And you're also welcome to email me there with your questions or if you want a regular address for a regular check or anything like that, you can reach me there. Okay, so... The cycle of abandonment and betrayal and heartbreak is often learned in childhood and then repeated in adulthood. The fear of abandonment that we harbor as adults is often at the root of poor quality decisions that otherwise mentally healthy people make repeatedly. Um, In other words, often when we are cleaning up some mess we've made of our life, often our relationship life, and we're reflecting back with that wonderful clarity of hindsight, And we're reviewing our choices and we look back at some of the decisions that we made along the way and we often find this familiar fear of abandonment as this unconscious motivation for some of the more dubious choices that we made. And so we have this fear then that is unconsciously motivating our actions in life and hurting us, hurting other people, damaging otherwise probably decent relationships. encouraging us that acting into our addictive behaviors would be a good idea and sleeping with the wrong people at the wrong time. So these are all the kinds of uh, dubious choices that otherwise healthy sane people tend to make. Um, But for the adult who has helping spirits and has shamanic skills, abandonment can actually be used as this first step to step on a spiral path that brings us to understanding presence in a way that only the broken heart can embrace. So for me, the spiral path is the path of going within. And these days, I'm not much of a life is an onion kind of person. Back in my 20s, um, that made me not feel so bad about the fact that I was back around the same issues again. But I'm not so much a life is an onion person these days because I see that supporting a lot of cycling 
in people's lives. And, and by cycling, I mean a lot of really dedicated work to your own personal transformational process that isn't really transforming anything. Um, and, you know, we should get results for our efforts. And so cycling and noticing when we're cycling is an important thing to become aware of. Okay, so the whole life is an onion thing for me kind of supports the cycling these days. For me, I think about this spiral path, which speaks to practice that results in a kind of drilling down. And I don't mean that in a sense of force, the force of drilling down. I mean that more in a sense of determination, the willingness to keep taking steps on a path in the dark that is spiraling deeper to whatever the source is of whatever the issue is. And the point is if you're really on, if you're truly on the spiral path, you don't know where it's leading. That it is about being passionately commit, committed to walking that path without attachment to that outcome or even the perception that you actually already know. So I think this is similar um, to what Eckhart Tolle means when he talks about being oriented in your life to become more intensely conscious or present rather than more intensely unconscious. <laughs> and so um, uh, in Tolle's words about attending to the challenges in life, he says that you can use a challenge to awaken you or you can allow it to pull you even deeper into sleep. Uh, through these challenges, an already unconscious person tends to become more deeply unconscious and a conscious person more intensely conscious. So in my experience, when we allow a challenge to set us onto the spiral path and we keep walking step by step on that path, we find the complement to the problem, the original problem that set us on the path, the original challenge, in this case abandonment or fear of abandonment, right? that we find the complement of that origin at the heart of that path. Um, so... For example, when we acknowledge being challenged by the fear of abandonment and then we move on to the spiral path to explore that, that path takes us to presence. Ultimately, it leads us to more intimate presence with our true self. So of presence, uh, Tole says, you are present when you are, oh, sorry, you are present when what you are doing is not primarily a means to an end like money, prestige, winning, but fulfilling in itself. Okay, so you are present when what you are doing is not primarily a means to an end, but fulfilling in itself, and when there is joy and aliveness in what you do. So in the context of today's conversation, what, what I'm saying is, or what I believe this kind of dialogue is about, is when you are present when what you are doing is not primarily a means of avoiding your fear of abandonment. So, and what is it so interesting to me about the fear of abandonment is it is all about not being present. You know, to be, to, to have been abandoned means nobody's present anymore, right? And so this whole training around abandonment is an aspect of what trains us to not be present within ourselves. And so this is, a particularly important spiral path to walk then which is that path that teaches us to be present with ourself by the very nature of the energies we find along the path so why are we talking about this today well because it actually surprises me when fear of abandonment comes up as a reason Either somebody didn't do something or somebody did something they wish they hadn't um, in my shamanic work. Now, I don't mean that with clients because, you know, clients come to shamanic healing from all over the place, literally, and, and, and across the range of life experiences. So I'm not really reflecting on clients when I say this. I'm more really reflecting on my own colleagues and other shamanic practitioners. Um, particularly in advanced training. It surprises me because at the heart of shamanic practice is connection and presence with spirit. 
It is the understanding, the deep felt understanding of oneness with all things. And out of that comes the awareness that we can't be alone. Thus, we can't be abandoned or banished or any of that. And so for me, at the heart of um, calling oneself a shamanic practitioner is having surrendered that separation, that sense of separation to the oneness and really moving from this lived place of um, connection and oneness and presence. Um, so it's always surprising to me when someone who's a, who's really an experienced shamanic practitioner finds out at the root of whatever they just did that they wish they hadn't have done is yet again fear of abandonment. Right. So where do we begin then? So how do we take a step onto this spiral path? So Tole says around presence, because this is all about, really about presence. The spiral path is about the willingness to take the tiny steps into true accountability with yourself, true presence with yourself. It's very Taoistic. But in, from my perspective, it is fundamentally shamanic because it, is, because it is the only way that we as contemporary people can walk out of the contemporary programming that is so deeply contrary to a shamanic life and and fall into this shamanic way of living that is actually quite natural and resonates deeply with our deeper internal felt sense of what's actually going on here. Okay, so how do we do this? Where do we begin? How do we step on to this spiral path? So uh, Tolle says that you cannot be present unless you become friendly with the present moment and that is the basis for effective action and by effective action my sense is that he means action that comes out of a place of presence versus stuff out of the past which primarily drives our actions so how do you become friendly with the fear of abandonment okay so first off a general fear of abandonment not one that's attached to a story but just a general fear of abandonment is actually normal in humans, as is a fear of death, banishment, annihilation, and fear of not being loved. That, that these fears arise as we break new ground, go forward into new things. This is normal. It's probably not going to go away. And as long as it's noticed and doesn't stop you from doing what you need to be doing, there's really no problem with it because it, it comes out of our deep history. And our, and our shared experience as a child when not being loved by the grown-ups equals death. Um, to, to, to be abandoned by the group or banished from the group back in the old days pretty much meant death. And so, you know, we even have this contemporary version of this where I see this with women um, – 30, 40, 50 year old women, this, this incredible fear of the bag lady, not of the bag lady, but of becoming the bag lady, which is a fear of abandonment, which is a fear of being, you know, abandoned by all that you love and left out there alone on this, on the street. And I see this, um, as this, uh, mature version of a child's fear of abandonment. And so the important thing to understand is that what I consider a healthy or normal fear of abandonment, one that arises as you're about to take a risk, um, do a big new thing, do something scary, that's fine. As long as you notice it and it doesn't stop you because it's a normal aspect of our life, our life as humans, our experience as humans. So what we're really talking about today is the chronic patterns of abandonment that remain with us as an adult based on experiences that we lived as children or at some time in the past. Not, it, it, we don't have to have been children. It can be at some other time we've been abandoned. So a pattern of fear of abandonment in adults usually arises from those, those experiences in childhood, uh, which can be real or perceived, and that's important. Um, so it can be the loss of a parent, um, either through death or through divorce. And a child can also experience abandonment emotionally or abandonment psychologically, um, even abandonment spiritually. Um, 
And so this can happen by parents who are, for example, lost in their own drug use or unable to be present because of their own mental health issues. Um, but for whatever reason, and there are many, um, the caretakers of the child are not able to offer adequate psychological or emotional care. And so there is an experience of abandonment um, that is happening at emotional, psychological, and uh, spiritual level. And sometimes in the day-to-day, as in you know, not providing food, um, shelter, things like that. Okay, so it's important to understand that there is an archetypal relationship between a child and the child's caretakers, which we normally refer to as parents. But this kind of thing um, can happen as well um, I've worked with many, many clients who were raised as children by nannies, especially if they were growing up in in cultures outside of the United States, raised by nannies of the culture. That was a connection through the nanny into the culture they were being raised in as a child. And then um, suddenly the nanny changes or something happens with the family so the nanny is no longer there for the child. And that's the identified caregiver. And so there's an enormous experience of abandonment in the child when that caregiver is removed from the situation for whatever reason. So it's another – these things happen. This is what happens in the lives of children. So anyway, archetypal relationship, children and their caretakers. Okay, so this results then in children um, orienting naturally and becoming attached to caretakers because that's the design. That's that's the archetypal relationship. That's how – the same thing that causes – you know, little ducklings or, or little goslings to entrain on some parental figure that is not their actual biological parent is that that energy of the baby connecting to caretakers. It's also the other side of that. It, I mean, the other side is also archetypal. When you see animals adopting in um, a baby of another species into their own litter of animals or whatever caretaking for them because it's that movement of these are this archetypal relationship of, of babies of the babies of the different species and the caretakers those who are able to take care so it's real it's a big it's a thing right and this when this relationship successfully runs its course um, a child grows up into an adult who's able to make healthy connections because those healthy connections were made in childhood and they're able to cultivate basically healthy interpersonal relationships. Now, there's a whole lot of other things can go sideways, but we're not talking about those things today. But this, this whole issue of making being connected with in a good way when you're in the baby stage and being able to draw that capacity for healthy connection into your adult life is just a real fundamental understanding of how to make healthy relationships so in a nutshell childhood abandonment real or perceived causes problems (laughs) in the adult's ability then to create and cultivate secure connections within themselves you know in their own relationship with aspects of themselves as well as with others so then this sets the stage for poor quality relationships across the board in life potentially potentially Right? It depends on whether or not you carry these patterns of abandonment forward or whether you clear them. So it's not a given how people respond to experiences of abandonment as a child. There's always the, there is this possibility. So we're talking about when that possibility becomes manifest. And the adult um, is bringing this chronic patterning and this results then in this unconscious fear of being abandoned by the significant people in their lives, regardless of whether or not the behavior of those people warrants that fear. And that's the tricky bit, right? So the fear is being projected onto the situation regardless of how the people are actually behaving. So when the fear of abandonment is severe, um, frequent, or impossible to comfort, it can cause significant impairment, particularly in regard to developing healthy relationships because of the how that fear then gets projected and how it... Um, creates a whole complex of decisions. So what is not uncommon for young women is to pick a sort of partner who's not quite right, who there's there's a piece of not being met in that, a place of abandonment sort of built into that relationship. 
and then they reach out for the rest of their needs to be met and there's usually often some unhealthy food thing going on too much substance abuse um maybe uh, an open relationship and having sex with other guys and yet which in and of itself is not necessarily a problem unless the feeling is these are empty relationships that i'm just endeavoring to sort of keep stuffing myself with this energy instead of address the real fear underneath all of this in the place that i feel um empty or unwhole and it's just one example men do this too it's just the most frequent example that's moving in my head right now okay so there's this compensation then through our actions which leads to unhealthy decisions so it's the reason the person who's trying to clean up their diet because they have blah 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 disease ends up going out and drinking too much right that, that again these dubious decisions you know i've made them too made by otherwise healthy people what is driving that so this fear of abandonment then not only can just sort of drive these unhealthy decisions and our inability to create really kind of soul-satisfying relationship connections, be they with friends, lovers, partners, work, whatever. Okay. There's this sort of secondary thing that plays out in our culture of that goes from this basic problematic choices around connections and relationship into the secondary patterns that are really coming out of how the yin and yang energies begin to stagnate in the falseness um, of the relationship issues in the first place. So there's um, the anxiety about connection and relationships which leads to this excessive need in relationship to get attention from others or this constant fear that the partner is going to leave that has nothing to do with the partner's actual behavior. And this can undermine healthy relationships, obviously. And the counterpart to that is avoiding the connections. So one is the anxiety around the connections and getting excessive in holding on to them and controlling them. The other is avoiding creating them in the first place, which creates this sort of identification with a real persistent need to be completely self-reliant. You know, I don't need to ask for help. I don't need help from anyone. And a fear of dependence, which gets translated onto relationships. So I don't get into deep and intimate relationships um, because I'm so reliant when underneath it all is really this fear of having any kind of dependency on anyone because, of course, they're going to abandon you. Okay. Okay, so this is how it plays out. And I could sit in any coffee shop in Portland and listen to people in their 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s talking about their relationships and this is largely what I would be hearing. So what's the deal? Right? How do we move on? How do we get out of this? How do we step onto the spiral path? So first step is making this unconscious motivation conscious. Specifically, noticing in your life where is your fear of abandonment patterning driving the choices that you're making. Okay, now for many of you, because you're sensitive new age people, you would go to the next step would be, so then how am I abandoning myself? And while as, the, as a larger concept, that's not untrue, it is not a helpful question, it is not a fruitful question, it is not the transformative question. So what we really, you know, because what are we really trying to bring our conscious awareness to? Where are we bringing, where do we need to bring presence? Where do we need to become present? We want to find the inner relationship between the child or the person in the past who actually, literally experienced abandonment or what they perceived of as abandonment. Real time. And the adult in current time who is playing out this patterned fear of abandonment. That's the place of presence that we need to create. So the question isn't generic. It isn't my generic fear of abandonment because of blah, blah, blah that happened. And therefore, how am I abandoning myself? I mean, maybe if you've never thought of this before, that sequence through could be helpful to begin to open your awareness to this. But if you're listening to this radio show, you've been around that block before, most likely. So how do we take this deeper? So the question becomes, actually, 
bringing presence internally to my own internal self as I current time person feel the fear of abandonment pattern and I let that feeling be like the scent that the bloodhound follows and track back to the actual time in the past that was the origin of this experience and so the question is who within me has already been abandoned and it actually wasn't by me right so the question how am I abandoning myself isn't exactly the transformational question the question is who within me has already been abandoned now for some of you as who are experienced practitioners who have, may have even gone around that block your question is what part of myself continues to abandon another part of myself because now you're starting to deal um, at another level inside of yourself but either way these are the kinds of questions that begin to move us then from this generic oh that's just my fear of abandonment from when you know my dad moved out when we were five when I was five that's that's general there's no presence there you've dismissed that entire experience of that five-year-old by just going oh yeah that's just my pattern of abandonment no one's with that five-year-old still today to this moment that five-year-old remains abandoned even though you know that that's where the pain is coming from that's where you're still abandoning yourself that's where we need to bring our presence and it's bringing presence to that place that allows us to step onto the spiral path so to be able to be present with the abandonment actually be in it step into it we need to take that moment and talk about now the difference in the ways that we manifest this experience of abandonment for our children and how we can understand this as adults because the next steps on the path matter specifically and this is another reason for many people this doesn't get unraveled thus the spiral path the unraveling the unfolding of something because it's treated generically and it's not a generic experience not all abandonment is the same dynamic it's not about better and worse bigger more painful and less painful abandonments abandonment is abandonment it sucks period it is about recognizing the mechanics of it and the energy of it so that the spiral path can be walked to being able to be fully present with the you who was abandoned or is currently being abandoned and to bring her home or him home to be present with that self in a way that they are no longer left in that story of abandonment. Okay. So first off, when we begin to investigate our choices, and uh, especially those dubious choices caused by this unconscious fear of abandonment, um, the dialogue tends to go like this. Well, I know, I can't believe I blah, 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 I'm still sleeping with that guy that only comes to town every three months, even though he's married and has got eight kids back in LA, you know, whatever the thing is, right? Whatever it is, I can't believe I did X again, right? That because whatever that is, is detrimental to my ability to create healthy relationships in my current life so that I feel nourished and sustained. I am able to nourish and sustain and engage in a healthy way with the people in my life. And that's what we're looking at is what is keeping us from doing that. Okay. So when we say, I know, I can't believe I did it again. You know, I, I, I tuned in and I know it's just my fear of abandonment from when, well, like I said, I was five years old and my dad left. Okay. So when we name it like that, we distance ourselves from it. We are not present with the child who was abandoned. And that is the current moment of abandonment, as I just said. That is the moment that we need to change. That is the step onto the spiral path. It is not just that story of abandonment. It is that story of abandonment. And it is about that five-year-old child. That's the step onto the path. To become present with the you who hurts. And so then we step into presence with the one who was abandoned. That's the first step. And then the conversation usually continues something like, I know I'm just abandoning myself, kind of eye roll, but I've talked about this for years with my counselor. This can't possibly be the answer. I've talked about it for years and I'm just tired of feeling this pain. 
So that dialogue, which I hear constantly, is the dialogue of someone who has not yet found someone to hold the space that would allow them to be present with that child and walk the path. So then there's the skills to walk the path. So talking about it distances us from it. It's not about talking about it. It's about diving back into it. Okay, so the most important thing, you know, this I'm just tired of feeling this pain. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Well, I don't want to talk about it anymore either. But my question is, whose pain are you feeling? Is it really reasonable for you as a current time adult person to have your relationship life taken out at the knees by the pain of a five-year-old? Whose pain are you feeling? The only way you can answer that question is to be present with the five-year-old. So to be present and to feel into what is really going on, who is actually feeling the pain. Because if you really step into it and take more than a few steps down that spiral path, you'll realize that there are multiple pains going on. There is the little you that got abandoned in the first place who's still being abandoned. And then there's the current time you who is deeply suffering because you continue to abandon yourself. And then there is the life that is waiting for you to manifest it. There are so many pains. And unless you choose to become present with those original ones, you're never going to get out of that pain. And does it really matter now that you're an adult and you are safe and you have the freedom to make any choice you choose to, does the pain still matter in the same way? Does a pain that didn't kill you when you were five and your dad left still matter in the same way to someone who is 45? So Tole says that the quicker you are in attaching verbal or mental labels to things like my pattern of abandonment as attaching a label to something so the quicker you are to attaching verbal or mental labels to things people and situations the more shallow and lifeless your reality becomes and the more deadened you become to reality to the miracle of life that continuously unfolds within and around you the same principle is present here in this the spiral path is about Stopping with the labels, stopping with the assumptions, stopping with the talking about it and becoming present with it and walking the path that unfolds. Okay, so the rest of this requires real presence and if you don't have the courage for it, then just go listen to a different podcast because there isn't any other way. So the point is getting past that generic labeling. Oh, this is my issue with my mother. This is my issue with my father. This is my abandonment issue from when I was five. Get past that and get into it. Because the thing about abandonment is there's lots of different mechanics around this and we need to be able to understand it. So let's break it down. Death of a parent. Okay, so sidebar here. If you are listening to Why Shamanism Now, and you lost your parent at any time that was untimely in your childhood, and you have not had a soul retrieval yet, what are you waiting for? I mean, to lose a parent, or conversely, as a parent, to lose a child, it is one of the quintessential, traditional, and contemporary reasons for soul loss. Get yourself to a shamanic healer. Address that. That is definitely going on in your life in a way that is not helpful. So back to the show. That was my sidebar. Back to the show, death of a parent. From a child's perspective, especially a child that is actually too young to really understand death. I mean, for many kids, they don't understand death until their hamster dies. You know, they don't understand death until their dog gets run over. They don't get it because it doesn't make any sense. You're living. You're all about learning to live. And then there's this death thing. It doesn't make any sense to a child. So especially to a child that loses a parent prior to any understanding about death, they can't experience that any other way but abandonment. This parent is suddenly gone. This caretaker they have identified with is suddenly gone. 
never to be seen of again, no explanation, no goodbye, no nothing. So, yeah, of course that feels like abandonment. All right, but from the adult perspective, as an adult, you can completely understand that there was no intent to abandon in the accidental death or just even the, whatever you want to call it, the death of a parent. There was no intent to abandon the child. It's a necessary symptom of the death of a parent that the children end up being abandoned by that parent. But it is, there is no an intent to abandon. So an adult present with a child who was abandoned because a parent died, who has shamanic skills, can solve this one in a heartbeat. Call in the dead parent. Let's say dad died. Call him in. If he's not a true ancestral helping spirit yet, ask a shamanic healer to fix that. Make make that parent into the true ancestral helping spirit they desire to be for that child and bring that bring that dead guy in to talk to that five-year-old. Let him talk. Let dad say, man, I am so sorry, blah, 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 blah. I'm here with you now. I'll be with you for anything. I mean, the five-year-old you're still carrying around in the fear of abandonment is every bit a creation of spirit as an ancestral helping spirit is. You're not five anymore. So all those little selves you carry around inside of yourself are of spirit. They're your energy that's creating them. And they are just as able to receive love and compassion and non-abandonment and caretaking from a dead dad as the living kid was from the living dad. So do the work. Do the shamanic work. This one is the simplest one to resolve because there was no intent to abandon No one meant to harm anyone. Death is death. It's bigger than all of us. It's going to happen to all of us. It was untimely. So call the ancestral helping spirit in and get with the program. That is the simplest abandonment to deal with. And it's totally different process, shamanically, than dealing with intentional abandonment. This is why being present with the actual scenario of the abandonment and bringing the adult perspective in relative to the child's perspective and offering the child an understanding they couldn't possibly have had as a child, not as a way that erases the child's experience, but understanding the child's experience. Of course you felt abandoned. How could you not? But look at this. Here's dad. Let's find out how dad felt about the whole thing. whole conversation ensues. Everybody's happy. You get yourself back. And bonus, you get dad as an ancestral helping spirit. So it's all good. Fear of abandonment erased. Presence with self created. Plus bonus, present with ancestral helping spirit. So let's move on to the next one. So the next really common one is the one that I consider the external forces that are bigger than the family. And how the family is forced to respond to that. War, refugees, um, divorce. Now, granted, the parents are choosing that. But anyway, it's often factors that are, they're certainly bigger than the kid has any influence over. Um, Refugees, divorce, um, job changes. Um, uh, One parent finally graduates from having gone back to school after the kids were born, and now that parent is finally getting a job, but it's seven states away, and they need to pursue their soul's purpose too. So there's many things that happen um, around the relationship of the family, of the kids and the caretakers, right? That can create a scenario in which a child could feel abandoned, definitely. So the important thing is the child is just like the death. The child experiences it from the perspective of the child at that time. It's completely understandable that they feel abandoned and all of the pain around that is absolutely needs to be accepted, validated, and responded to. Be present with it. Absolutely. And as a grown-up, you can share the bigger story that you now understand as a grown-up what was going on. You know, that actually... You know, one of the parents got really ill. We had to move to that other city because it was the only doctors that could treat the illness. And yeah, the others, you know, whatever. 
many, many things that influence a family that children either can't understand, don't understand, or are being protected from. But one way or another, they don't understand the dynamics. You can help yourself understand the dynamics that you now see as a grown-up. And, and this is even more important, if you have shamanic skills, you can actually go back into that time in the family and feel the forces influencing the parents and the family as energies, as flows of energies. You can feel how the parents were torn up by the decisions they had to make and the situations that were going on and then how powerless they felt and how big these issues were or how wonderful they were. Maybe both parents had great opportunities for their careers and it tore the family apart. I don't know. But the point is stuff was going on that was big. And you can take your child self through journeys. You can take your child self back into that time and feel it. This begins to validate the child's intuition that was feeling these things at the time anyway. And your knowledge of what those things were can help the child put some actual understanding and words to what they were knowing in their experience anyway. So now you've not only validated their feelings that didn't get validated through your presence, but you've continued down the spiral path. You validated their intuition. You've helped them to understand what their intuition meant. So now you're better able to understand your intuition and help them to understand what was going on and and whether or not they even still feel abandoned or not because of recognizing a larger perspective on the situation. So the next level here is um, where we have parents who are present but one is away. And so this is kind of like an unintentional abandonment. And so, for example, let's say that um, father has a work that causes lots of travel. But when he's home, he's totally there with the kids, playing with the kids, really engaged, really present. The kids actually don't feel abandoned. It's just this is their normal life. But the mother, on the other hand, complains constantly about the father always being gone. Missing the point that this is a contemporary family that's able to survive on one person's salary, which in and of itself is a small miracle, but she can't manage to do anything but complain about it. So the kids start taking on her sense of abandonment as it being a bad thing. So sometimes these things that happen in the families can be complicated. So the beauty of being a shamanic practitioner is not only as an adult – Can you help the kid understand and unravel all the forces that were actually going on? Again, not as a way that invalidates their experience of abandonment, but helps them understand their experience of abandonment in a larger context, right? And so the shamanic perspective that's interesting and it allows you to not only sort out what is really going on, but to look at who was abandoning whom and what were the really, really the issues going on. Once again, it begins to validate, uh, Forces that were moving through the family that the kid probably intuited but didn't know what to name, didn't know how to call it, probably didn't get validated for it. So again, you're in this place where you can, as the adult, you can help the child understand the larger context of the abandonment by being present with the actual story and moving back into it through shamanic means with the child self until the child self is able to understand in, in a new way and to receive from you the kind of presence that allows the child to no longer feel abandoned and let that energy then return to you. So now we start getting into the really tricky ones though. So when the parents are present but absent. So this is where things start getting painful day by day really painful day by day. So there is a person who is present in the family but choosing to be absent. It could be emotionally, it could be psychologically. I mean, it's really, I see this all the time today, children out at breakfast with their parents and their parents are on their phones, texting, scrolling, whatever they're doing, not paying any attention to their kids. So that's really painful abandonment right there. When the parent could be there, they're not dead, they're there. 
but they are actively choosing day by day to not pay attention, to not be present with their child. And now, don't run off sideways with this. I am not saying that parents need to be present with their child in every moment of the day. Truthfully, we're boring. We're grown-ups. Kids would rather play with kids. But when you're with your kid, you need to be present with them because that abandonment that comes in the moment where the person's there but they won't connect, really painful. So this is where you then have to start showing up as an adult. You have to show up as the adult and say, yeah, that really happened and that sucked and I get it and that was really painful. Let me give you what you needed from that caretaker. I can do that now. So then this is our next sticky wicket, right? What if you can't, that you actually haven't grown up enough yet to show up as that adult and give that child presence? And this is the thing about the spiral path. It's not for sissies. It is not for people that do not have the courage to face themselves and what they find and stand up as an adult in the face of that with some skills, with some belief in spirit, with some willingness to risk and be there for themselves, truly be present for themselves. It is amazing what will unfold in the loving presence of another human being. And when you are talking to a young version of yourself, you can be that loving presence of another human being. But I want to acknowledge the couple other things that can happen at this place on the spiral path where you need to be the caretaker that wasn't there before. One is you, you can't show up as an adult. You become the child. You over-identify with the child. You, you're just totally back into the abandonment story and that's all there is. There's only a kid here. There's no grown-up walking the spiral path. There's just a kid sad and hurt again. Okay. The important thing to understand is you are now abandoning your current self. You're not showing up for your current self. So there's a piece here of choosing, am I going to let this wounded inner child continue to drive the bus of my life or am I going to engage in practices that cultivate within me the capacity to show up as an adult in my own life? You're probably going to have to leave that abandoned kid right there on the spiral path, get out, get yourself a grown-up inside. But you need to understand there isn't another option if you want to go forward to create healthy, loving relationships in your life. The other version of that is I'm a grown-up. I'm here with my wounded child kid. I know that the next step is that I need to give them what they didn't have, but I don't want to. I still want someone else to give it to me. It's not fair. Okay. That's another version of the child. You're right. It's not fair. Life isn't fair. It is the way of things. That to continue to sit there on the spiral path and demand that somebody else give you what is yours to give yourself is simply being, you know, throwing a temper tantrum. And at some point in time, you need to be able to see how that is still a place of self-abandonment. To refuse to show up for yourself is exactly like that parent, that mom at the breakfast table texting and, and Facebooking with her friends while their kid sits there depressed because they're being ignored. You got to show up for yourself because there's still a more painful place of abandonment that we could potentially find on this spiral path to deal with, which is the caretaker that literally abandons their child. Literally. My life is more important to me than you. I am leaving you here with your relatives and I'm going to another country and I don't want to have anything to do with you ever again. That's really hard to hear from a parent. That's abandonment. That's capital A, full-on, intentional abandonment. And the challenge on the spiral path is that you have to be there for that as well. But in a certain sense, it's the simplest situation. Because you get to be with that child present on the path and say, yeah, it is exactly what you thought it was. There's no bigger story here. That was mom. She walked out. Yeah, 
Of course you would feel that way. I do too. <laughs> absolutely. Yes, you absolutely deserved to have had a caretaker who would actually take care of you. And I'm really sorry you got passed from relative to relative to relative to relative and really never were able to connect with anyone. Yes, yes, and yes. It really was that. You are absolutely right. So now what are we going to do? Now what are you and I, meaning you the child and me the grown-up, what are we going to do? Because if we do not change this story, then that person that abandoned us has written the story for our whole life. That is the power of being willing to be present and unfold these things on the spiral path, is to recognize it is your story to write. And as you get deep down into the tight part of that spiral and really become present with yourself and recognize you are the only one there to show up for yourself and you do it, that your life is yours. The story is yours to write. Stephen Levine says, clearly, all fear has an element of resistance and a leaning away from the moment. Its dynamic is not unlike that of strong desire, except that fear leans backward into the last safe moment, while desire leans forward toward the next possibility of satisfaction. Each lacks presence. In the spiral path, we are simply in loving presence with ourselves whatever the story was and we unfold it to the point of now that is neutral and then we choose what the story is to be going forward so I want to give thanks to the ancestral helping spirits for gathering around us here today for the earth below the sky above and to the heart that unites us all I wish you all a good week, and perhaps each of you can find a place that you are abandoning yourself and choose to walk the path. Thank you, everyone.